Heavenly Father, God, we're just so thankful to be able to be here today, the breath of life you've given us today. Father, we're thankful for our travels to and from. God, we're just so blessed to be able to be in this great city of Mansfield. We continue to bless these discussions and deliberations that we have today so that they're all pleasing to you and everything that we do so we can get back out into this city to show you, uh, to show the whole world our, our bright, the bright light that you've given us. And Father, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. The next item of business is uh, a recess in the executive session. I, uh, I'm not aware of any important matters where we need to recess into the executive session. So uh, we'll move forward on the agenda. The uh, next item is approval of minutes uh, from our January 3rd, 2023 meeting. I'll allow the commissioner some time to review that. And, um, and once done, if there are no comments, I'll entertain a motion on it. Move to approve. Got a motion by uh, Vice Chairman Maynard to approve. A second. Second. Second by Commissioner Thompson. We'll go to a vote. And uh, the motion carries unanimously. Uh, next item of business is citizen comments. Uh, citizens wishing to address the commission on non-public hearing agenda items and items not on the agenda may do so at this time. Once the business portion of the meetings begins, only comments related to public hearings will be heard. All comments are limited to five minutes. And in order to be recognized during citizen comments or during a public hearing, you must complete a blue appearance card located at the entry of the chamber and present it to the planning secretary. Um, I don't have any cards for citizen comments, just for uh, public hearing cases. So uh, we'll move to the next item agenda. Next item is the consent agenda. We have one item on the consent agenda this evening. Item 23-5141, SD number 22-063, a final plat of Parkside Estates on approximately 12.125 acres generally located on the southeast corner of North Walnut Creek Drive and East Debbie Lane, uh, Bannister Engineering LLC, the engineer surveyor, and Parkside Villas Lot Venture Limited develop, developer owner. So uh, I don't uh, open it to commissioners who may have any comments on this or there's a need to pull off the consent agenda. There is no reason I will entertain a motion on it. Make a motion to approve the consent agenda. A motion by Commissioner Gilmore. Second. A second by Vice Chairman Maynard. So we'll go to a vote. And the motion carries. Next item on the agenda is public hearings. Uh, we have a few tonight. Um, 
The first uh, public hearing item is 22-5131, SD number 22-067, a public hearing on a replat to create lots 1R3, Block A, Bethlehem Baptist Church Edition on 19.298 acres, generally located at 1880 West Broad Street. Um, D.I. Scalio Terry, Stanton and Associates Engineer, uh, Incorporated Engineer Surveyor, and Bethlehem Baptist Church of Mansfield Incorporated Owners. Does staff have a presentation? We don't have a presentation, but I'll provide a few comments. Uh, the purpose of this plat is to combine several lots of land uh, that are owned by Bethlehem Baptist Church into one lot. Uh, the combination of, a la of land will allow <clears throat> the church to facilitate expansion. Uh, as part of this uh, plat, there is also a right-of-way dedication that's occurring, but staff's available if there's any other questions beyond that. Uh, this plan does conform to the uh, subdivision control ordinance, and so in that instance, this uh, staff would recommend approval. All right. Thank you, Artie. Uh, with that, we will open the public hearing at 6.07. I have no cards for this agenda item, so we will close the public hearing at 6.07 and open it to commissioner comments. So the, the quick question on the um, right-of-way dedications, is that for a future subdivision uh, street right-of-way? It's a piece of RETA for future RETA. Gotcha. Okay. Commissioner. Chairman X, I have no uh, comments, but just to inform the committee that I will be abstaining from the vote due to my employment with Bethlehem Baptist Church. Comments. Comments. All right. If there's no further comments, we'll entertain a motion on this one. I'll make a motion that we approve the uh, plat as presented. Got a motion to approve by Commissioner Gilmore. Second. <laughs> Got a second by Commissioner Thompson. We'll go to a vote. And the motion carries three zero two three zero one. Excuse me. All right, the next item on the agenda is public hearing 22-5129, uh, zoning change number 22-020, a public hearing for zoning change from single family, seven and a half, 12 single family residential district and PD plan development district to uh, D downtown district D1 suburban zone on approximately 1.460 acres located at 505 West Kimball Street sit 506 west kimball street and 509 alvarado street benjamin hartman owner and i'll turn it over to staff okay thank you mr chairman and good evening to you mr chairman and commissioners gathered here i'm helena sarkodiaminka and i'm making a presentation for the zoning change from single family residential district and pd plan development to the downtown district, specifically the down, uh, D1 sub-urban zone. To start off, this is an aerial view of um, the area where the property is located. 
So as you can see, the property is located to the east of South Main and to the south of West Broad. It's also located close to um, South 4th Avenue. And then two of the lots are also located north and south of West Kimball. And um, the last one is located on Alvarado Street. And I'll say that the one on Alvarado Street is where the owner or the applicant has built his house and is currently living on it. This is the zoning map for, the, for this zoning chain. So as we can see, the hashed area is the property in question and is currently zoned single family residential SF 7.512 and PD. That PD is also for single residential. And then to the north and east of this property is similar um, single family residential district. And to the west of it is um, downtown, um, downtown district, specifically the D1 zone, and is similar to the zoning that is being requested for. And when you look at this map, um, you can see that the property is located right at the edge of the um, D1 district, and so the applicant is asking that um, the property is rezoned to D1 so that it will be an extension of the D1 district. And with the land use plan, so as we all know, um, like the land use plan is a, a guiding principle for growth in the, in, for development in, in the city. And then there are sub areas in the land use plan. With this property, it falls within the sub area three. And then what this sub area does is that it is kind of intentional and continuous when it, it comes to the preservation of the historic downtown and the residential areas that are close by. And also another characteristic of this um, sub area is that it creates more opportunities for the existence of misuses like manor houses in the heart of the city. So as I said earlier, the current zoning for this property is single family residential 7.512 and it, it, the property consists of three lots and then together they form 1.460 acres. The requested zoning is the downtown district, specifically the D1 zone, and then some uses that are allowed in these, um, this downtown zone is single family manor houses and live work uses. And I'll say that this zoning change is um, a straight zoning and so there's no site plan review by the commissioners. And since this, um, this zoning change is to the downtown district, it will have to comply with all the regulations that comes with the downtown district. And so these are some of the architectural inspirations that the, um, the development or the proposed uses will be drawing from. So this may not be the exact thing that will be, be on the properties, but then they are kind of inspirations that um, the owner will be drawing from to um, for the proposed uses on the on the properties, and staff is in is still working with the uh, owner to make sure that the architectural designs and everything that comes with these designs will comply with the downtown district. So these consist of single-family residentials and duplexes and manor houses. So in conclusion, or in summary, what we are saying is that 
the, the land use plan recommends the preservation of the historic downtown and um, residential areas that are close by, and that's exactly what this zoning change intends to do. And it's all, it also provides some kind of flexibility to enable um, new residential development in the area. And also, um, the property is close to West Broad Street, and this part of West Broad is currently under review or study to be included in the downtown. So it makes sense or it's more appropriate and practical to consider this zoning change. And also, the property is um, close to the downtown or its proximity to the downtown is also in consideration. And so staff recommends approval of this zoning change. And if there are any questions, I'm here. And the owner is also present for any specific questions that you may have. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we will uh, open the public hearing at 614. We do have a card from the applicant, Mr. Ben Hartman, um, in support. But you can come up to speak, sir. Hi, uh, again, Ben Hartman, 509 Alvarado Street, right there in downtown. Uh, when the plan was originally done, I'd asked that we be included downtown, but um, it, it was not in the, I guess, the original TERS. Is that how the original boundary was done? So we were just one lot outside of it, basically. And so I just want to get our properties included in the downtown zone because we live in the downtown. You know, I walked down to uh, Henry's Cigar Bar the other night. It took me seven minutes to get there. So it seems insane that we're not in there. So, but. Uh, we do want to get our properties in there as well. So that's the nature of the zoning request. Thanks. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. I have no other cards, so I will close the public hearing at 6.15 and open it to commissioner comments. Nor do I. All right, easy enough. We'll entertain a motion. Make a motion to approve. I'll second. Got a motion to approve by Vice Chairman Maynard and a second by Commissioner Gilmore. So we'll go to a vote. Motion carries four zero zero. Thank you. Uh, next public hearing item is twenty two dash five one three zero, a zoning change number twenty three dash zero zero one. Public hearing on a change of zoning from C two community business district to a PD plan development district with limited I one lot industrial and mini warehouse uses on approximately 9.94 acres out of the William Lynn survey, abstract number 984, Tarrant County, Texas, located at 2351, 2361, 2371, 2381, and 2391, North Highway US 287, Industrial Reserve LLC owner. So staff, we'll hand it over to you guys for presentation. All right. 
Well, thank you, commissioners, for allowing me to speak today. Uh, this is ZC 23001. <clears throat> if this site looks familiar, it's because it's been to the commission before. Uh, it did come to the commission as a city-initiated rezoning uh, in November uh, that went to city council. At that time, uh, staff withdrew our application as we did um, hear from the city council that there needed to be some more uh, discussion. And I think that today's discussion will answer some of those questions that the commission may have had earlier on, uh, but it also will help answer some of those questions that uh, city council had. Uh, but the developer is present today, so he can also go through any of the details that um, may arise. <clears throat> from an aerial view of our site, you can see the site is located on the west side of uh, North US 287. Uh, just out of frame here is the intersection with uh, FM 157 um, at, on the northern end of the city. Uh, looking at the zoning, the current zoning is C2, which is our, our second level of commercial-based zoning in the city of, of Mansfield. Um, the hash mark actually represents the site location, uh, so you can see all of that site is zoned C2 currently today. Uh, it is labeled as freeway overlay because, as the commission may or may not know, uh, the first 300 feet off of the freeway right-of-way uh, is uh, dedicated as an overlay zone. That overlay zone is the freeway overlay. There are some additional design guidelines that are required with any property that develops within that. There are also some use standards as well. <clears throat> with that, staff has uh, overlaid the site plan that the developer has brought to us, and this site plan is a, a representation of, of sort of what can fit on the site, but also uh, one of the intentions of the developer. It's not necessarily a final site plan. Um, you'll hear throughout the PD regulations that the intent here is for this development to still go through um, all of the review of normal um, uh, freeway overlay standards as well as community design standards because all of that is included within the PD. So I'll get into all those details here in just a second. <clears throat> From a proposed use standpoint, um, the developer and the development team have provided the, the city with uh, a list of items that, that they would like to permit within, a, within this PD specifically. And to clarify for the commission, one of the reasons why we do PDs, right, is to add a, a group of uses or uh, to take away some uses that aren't typically allowed within a zoning district. And so this will do a little bit of both of those for, for uh, the commission. Um, so from the development team, uh, we have been provided with a, uh, an allowed uses group of all allowed uses within the I-Light Industrial, except those that are prohibited by, P by this PD or by the freeway overlay district. Uh, there would also be uses that are uh, requiring uh, SUPs, those still must be, those still must obtain SUPs. Uh, the development team is asking that the use of mini warehouse be allowed uh, with an approved site plan on this site. Uh, also, they are asking that storage and sales warehouse is an allowed use uh, within this uh, PD with an approved site plan. Uh, this is a long list of, of prohibited uses uh, for the site. Uh, these are prohibited in the PD specifically. Uh, they do include some of those items that are already included within the freeway overlay district. Um, I'll leave it there for, so we can go through a little bit of it. Um, but some of those would be uh, SOBs or adult entertainment establishments, uh, building and material yards, bus terminals, cleaning or laundry plants, um, you know, so, some more much heavier 
uh, industrial type uses that, that you may see within a, a industrial zone. Um, from a site plan standpoint, the site plan consists of 9.9 .9 acres of property. Uh, they're currently platted into five uh, individual lots today. Uh, as shown in Exhibit C, which Exhibit C is where this site plan sort of, sort of comes from, um, you can see that the northern, pro northern portion of the property is proposed as a uh, three-building business incubator uh, development. Um, we'll go into a little bit more detail about business incubation, but really it is what it sounds like. It's for those businesses that are, are growing, those businesses that are growing there or establishing themselves uh, within any market. So, so it, it does allow for flexible use, uh, and we'll get into some of those details as we look at the elevations and those types of things. Um, but as you can see from the southern portion of the property, you do see these parallel lines that run across the property, um, sort of bisecting it through uh, in a diagonal uh, form, uh, going from the southwest, I guess, to the northeast section of that property. Um, that is a petroleum pipeline, um, so that does impact what can be done on that southern edge of the property. All of that's good discussion for us to keep in mind as we get closer to some more details. Uh, so from a business incubation standpoint, um, the development developer and the development team have provided us with some elevations. Uh, these elevations are of a similar project in a neighboring community that they've done, but also ones that they wanted us to show of sort of the intent of project that are, are being looked at here. And again, uh, all of the PD standards uh, shown, with the, shown within any of these exhibits uh, would still have to apply or still have to comply with all of the city's uh, community design standards found in section 155.056. So those are the things that would require um, things like building projections, uh, articulations, all those kinds of, of items that the city already has to uh, make sure that the um, commercial and industrial users along 287 are compatible with 287. Um, in this specific case, going back to that business incubation, uh, the development does propose um, requiring a, a minimum of 20% of the building to be utilized for office. So that would be an office up front. You can see this sort of two-story uh, office uh, front on these buildings. Uh, and then there is a flexible space with a roll-up door uh, that could be used for, for storage or those kinds of things that the, the, that business may need at that time. Again, that breaks the uh, ratio down there between uh, office and warehouse as 20% office, 80% uh, um, warehouse. Uh, that southern portion that was sort of not defined as a, a uh, site plan layout, um, that is intended, or from the development team standpoint, intended to be utilized as a, a mini warehouse or similar type structure. Um, this concept here shows a conceptual building uh, that the development team provided us to show uh, the intents there. Uh, again, all the PD standards require that this development also uh, adhere to the community design standards found within section 155.056 of our ordinance. Uh, the PD does require that the development comply with landscaping in general. Our, part of our landscaping um, does have a passive space uh, and to define what that means, that really means a programmed open space that is um, uh, viewable from the public right-of-way, accessible through public thoroughfares, all those kinds of things. Uh, but, but our ordinance requires that um, 
all new businesses, and this was part of the uh, ordinance amendments that went through in July of this year, uh, but with those ordinance amendments to the landscape ordinance, those do require that 10% of the total building area, so you take all of the building envelope created by a new development and you say 10% of that square footage must be also utilized as a passive open space or a programmed open space. Uh, the applicant in this case is proposing a minimum of 5% of the building area to be utilized as passive space. Uh, so you can see they've outlined some of the uses or some of the activities that would be occurring in there, including a pavilion, benches, dog park tables. Uh, these are all things that we would see within a passive space. Um, some of the examples of things we've seen, right, these aren't necessarily public parks or these aren't, these are, these are really areas that are sort of uh, pulling visual interest into a development and maybe they do allow their employees to you know, have a break area outside, those kinds of things. But I think that they bring uh, to the city this, this identity of, of green space uh, up front within a development. Um, some of the considerations that staff is looking at as we look at this development is uh, the property is located along US 287. Uh, it is located within an area of Mansfield that is a gateway uh, into the community. Um, looking at this site specifically, and one of the things that staff sort of weighed as we're looking at allowing industrial uses where industrial uses aren't currently allowed are um, there is limited access to this area of 287, looking at the on-ramps and off-ramps of uh, 287 in general and, and those movements that have to occur. Uh, so we do um, look at that and, and look at the hindrances that may cause on, on development that is typical retail or typical commercial uses on that property. Uh, so those are the things that staff weighs as we're looking at this, this development. Uh, we, also, we already talked about the petroleum pipeline easement that crosses the property. Uh, the development team will have to continue to work with that easement holder to make sure that any improvements near or on top of that um, site meet all of the requirements that that uh, easement holder has on the property. Um, and again, that while the property is not conducive to conventional C2 uses, uh, the use of business incubation or this sort of creative use of, of a light industrial type use um, may be appropriate uh, because the traffic that's generated is, is different than you would have for typical retail or commercial. So in light of all of this, staff uh, would summarize this case like this, and that is that um, there are some limitations on property but allowing the property to develop out as business incubation uh, may be appropriate for the site. Um, staff is not uh, of the consideration, that, or we, we don't have the consideration that many warehouse or storage or sales warehouse, or sales warehouses are necessarily the most appropriate uses of land on this property. Um, the city already has architectural and landscaping considerations that the project's going to have to comply with because the PD requires it to. Uh, the base zoning requires all developments to do that. And so uh, the city has those types of protections already um, to um, protect development that comes in along 287. So, so those are the kinds of things that we want to show the commission in summation. But from a recommendation standpoint, we do have uh, five things that staff is recommending here. Um, and we'll make sure that this list is something that we continue to talk about as we go forward. But uh, staff does recommend that the mini warehouse and storage or sales warehouses houses use 
be prohibited uses under the PD. Um, we do ask that the developer uh, be required to meet that 10% minimum building area uh, for passive space. Again, that's something that's within our base ordinance. Uh, we do ask that uh, a provision be inserted into the PD that requires a detailed site plan for all proposed development uh, subject to the review and approval by the director of planning. Uh, we ask that a provision be included uh, that in the event that there is a conflict between the text or any of the diagrams that have been shown by the development team, that the text um, does take precedence, that does provide the city with more protections, we believe, uh, and that um, as uh, the buildings are being finalized, that we look to make sure that the maximum length of building facade be 200 feet. Um, I know that was a lot, and so I'm gonna definitely be here when there are questions from the commission, uh, but that's staff's presentation, thank you. Thank you, Artie. With that, we'll uh, open the public hearing at 6.30. I do have a card from the applicant, Mr. Toon. State your name and address for the record, please. Good evening. My name is Justin Toon uh, with Industrial Reserve, uh, the ownership. So um, I did want to talk through a few things. That, that presentation was pretty elaborate. Um, you know, it goes back to uh, initially uh, talking with Jason and, and his team uh, about rezoning the property uh, to a light industrial zoning. Um, that is why it was a city-initiated zoning to begin with. And then um, when we realized that there needed to be some prohibited uses within that underlying zoning, we then shifted to the, uh, to the PD, which needed a little bit more uh, time to, to figure out. And so that's why the um, uh, city-initiated uh, city rezone ultimately didn't, uh, didn't happen. But, um, you know, this PD was... Uh, I guess created by uh, the city itself, Jason and his team, and they have helped us uh, work through a few of these items. Uh, there were a couple of parts of the presentation I wanted to talk about specifically. Uh, one was the uh, the list of prohibited uses that were brought up. Um, those were uh, those were brought forth by the city, and 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 we were able to to comment on those. Um, I guess our, in our discussions, the, the mini warehouse itself, um, and this is, this is pertaining to, I know we're looking at this, uh, development as a, as a, a site as a whole, even though the, the site plan only showed, uh, seven of the 10 acres, um, uh, the, uh, potential storage would be, the rendering would be for the remaining, uh, acreage that has some easement issues. But uh, the initial concern with allowing for mini storage or uh, putting mini warehouses as a, uh, uh, leaving that as a as an allowed use was the type of construction that would be used. You know, a lot of times it's a, a one-story metal building. Uh, this being a gateway to the city, you know, there's there's some design standards there. Um, and our solution for that was that uh, we would be able to uh, have site plan approval uh, for there to be, you know, scrutiny, or 
from the city to be able to, to design it the way that they wanted to. So um, that was our solution for uh, that use in particular. The other was the, uh, the storage warehouse use that um, I guess the, the recommendation for, for, for adding that to the list of prohibited uses. Um, the city's concern there mainly were, was truck traffic. And so, uh, you know, I think, I think part of that um, can be within the CO process, but, but our solution was the same as many warehouses, give the city an opportunity to um, maybe prohibit a use that they don't, they don't see fit uh, within that uh, by, you know, at, at, that, at that CO, CO level. Um, or the site or the site plan approval right so um, those were just just two parts of the of the presentation I wanted to I wanted to mention uh, and then we also have a member of so so we're the we're the owner of the property we also have a member of all trades who's the developer for the site plan um, that was uh, that you guys saw to speak more to the requests for the landscaping um, and then there were a couple others that were mentioned, uh, setbacks, uh, setback requirements from 287 and then uh, the rear, uh, rear of the property as well. Uh, I might call on him to, uh, to speak to that specifically, but. Uh, beyond that, you know, we've, we've worked with the city really closely to, uh, to make this you know, document as uh, not only something that, that we can move forward with, but also the city wants for, uh, for the uh, city of Mansfield wants as well. So, John. So again, John's with um, All Trades. They are the, uh, uh, they're with the development uh, for some of the renderings as it relates to the seven acres within the PD. Um, and he could speak a little bit more to the uh, request for landscaping and setbacks. Y'all have any questions for me while he's on there? If we have them, we'll, once we close the public hearing, we'll bring them back up. Okay, thank you. Uh, John Will Lamb, you, go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, John Lamb, forty-one eighty-seven East Crescent Way, Frisco, Texas, zone five zero three four. So I represent All Trades on the All Trades side. So All Trades is looking to develop roughly a little bit more than six acres of that site plan that you guys saw. So there's three buildings there. So All Trades develops multi-tenant, you know, flex office slash warehouse spacing, warehouse spaces, and um, 
with that layout, we've, we've looked at the PD and we've put together those elevations that you guys saw and the site plan and everything. And um, a few of the key components to that layout for us to really make it work is we've, we've tried to fully comply with everything as part of the PD and the base zoning for everything. And there's really three things that are still kind of out there that um, we'd be looking for some relief on. One was that passive space. Um, we were requesting 5%, I believe 10% is the minimum, and we would be, we could lose some parking to make that requirement work and hit that 10%. Um, there are some setback reliefs that we'd be looking for on both to the north of 287 and the south to really make the site work for us. Um, I can get into specifics of distances tonight, but um, there are a couple of things that we would look just seek some relief on in order to make that site plan work as you guys currently see it. All right, thank you, sir. And again, we'll, if we have questions, we'll call you up after the public hearing. Uh, with that, I don't have any other cars for this case, so we will close the public hearing at 6.38 and open it to commissioner comments. We'll start with the first person that says something, Commissioner. <laughs> All right, <laughs> guilty party. Um, uh, where do I begin? I guess my general question is, what are we trying to do with this piece of property? Is it just strictly base zoning, or is it trying to go to a full full plan development? So there are two ways, and, and I, I hinted at this a little bit when I was talking about how you handle PDs. Uh, cities traditionally, when they look at PDs, they do sometimes lock in a site plan. They do sometimes lock in elevations. Or what they do is they add a minority or add a majority, or sorry, or delete a majority of uses out of an allowed district. Um, so again, it's two different ways to look at why you do PDs, right? Sometimes you do, you do PD so that you can lock in a specific development. Sometimes you do PD so that you can limit the impact of uses that a site might have. So that's the intent here of the rezoning is to, uh, to uh, add the two uses on the behalf of the development team, uh, but also to uh, limit those uses. And again, that's that list of prohibited uses. So if I could say that in a, in a few different terms, uh, typically, if we just said this was base zoning I-1, uh, all of those uses listed on the prohibited uses would be those that would be allowed by right unless there were some other siting issue with them, right? Um, so what staff is doing here is we're limiting the uses. Uh, also, at the request of the property owner and those that are rezoning it, we've added the uh, two uses. So does that make sense, Commissioner? Yeah, somewhat. I, I, I guess my confusion revolves around 95, 99% of the time we see a PD come through, it's fully developed site plans and, and elevations in which that PD is restricted to those. And so um, I think it's a little bit of my confusion on, on why we're going for a plan development on this piece of property because of the lack of information is, or the information is just not there to really give me a good sense of what this PD is looking at. I, th I think you're looking at a fluid development, and I'll let the developer describe uh, sort of what they have from a next step standpoint. But I think you are looking at 
a development that does have an intent of use, a development that will definitely have an intent of development standard. That's why the PD standards are created with this PD. Um, but I think what we're still trying to do is make sure that the development team uh, is meeting all of their needs on the site. Therefore, uh, you know, they'll have to shrink things here and there based on easements, all of those other kinds of things. And rather than have a site plan that is locked in now, we do understand that uh, what we're doing is locking in development standards that protect the city as well. Uh, but I'll let the development team talk about, you know, where they are with, you know, final site plan, final elevations, all those kinds of things for this site specifically. Okay, and I will definitely ask that question. But if, if that's the case, then uh, I'm, maybe I misunderstood, but I heard the developers say that they would like to put mini storage on there but yet the use of prohibited uses is storage warehouses. Is that not the same thing? Uh, no, so mini warehouse would be those sort of, um, um, where you rent an individual locker of some sort, right, to, to store your, your goods. A storage warehouse would be a development that is, uh, their specific intent is to only store items, uh, and really they have a very small, if any, office function there. Uh, so this is what you would see with small distribution center type use. This is what you would see with those kinds of things. So I think that's what concerns staff from that use, and that's why staff would ask that even though the development and the property owner has submitted, uh, I guess I should explain it that way a little bit better. Um, anybody who comes to the city with an application to rezone, uh, that is their application, right? That is what they are asking for. So they are specifically asking to uh, do an I-1 uh, based zoning, limit some uses, and the limited of, use, limit of uses has come with the input of the city, uh, but they've asked to specifically add two uses to the allowed uh, use chart for the site. With that, they do, they have asked for there to be terms that uh, those require site plan approval by the director of planning, um, but I'm trying to remember where I was going. Um, but then what we have here is we have a, a development team that, yes, is asking for mini warehouse, and that's what you were asking for. You were asking what's, what's mini warehouse, how's that different from storage warehouse? Um, so storage warehouse, again, is a business uh, tenant that has a need to store a large amount of their inventory or those kinds of things, which is why those are grouped together on our land use chart with sales warehouse and storage mm -hmm. warehouse. Uh, because a, a, a sales warehouse could be something like a, uh, a flooring store or something similar where maybe they have a little bit of a storefront, uh, but they have a lot of their um, storage in the back. So those, that's, that's, what those two, that's how those two uses are different. Mini warehouse, again, individual tenants that are coming in just to rent a space to store stuff, uh, whereas sales warehouse and storage warehouse are, are businesses that use that model as their... Uh, their development model. Okay, so we are requesting as a permitted use mini storage. Uh, the development team is, yes. Uh, but that's not listed in these plan development district regulations as a specific permitted use. Or is that already an allowable use within the I-1 district? Uh, it's already an allowable use with an SUP today uh, in the C-2 district. Uh, and so, okay. and then many warehouses require an SUP throughout the city. Okay, I-1, C-2, yes, yes, whatever sir. it is. Okay, 
So if that's the case, we're, we're requesting to add a mini storage use to this 10 acre tract of land under a plan development zoning change, but we really don't have any information on our site plans or anything specific to that mini storage. That's generally correct. And kind of to add to that a little bit, Commissioner Gilmore, is that those are some uses that staff feels may not be the most appropriate uses for the area, but that is what the developers ask and be included as a list of permitted uses subject to the approval of a detailed site plan. So that would allow for that additional information to come in on those two uses alone. Is that, <clears throat> I don't think it was addressed in the, the staff suggestions, but is that what the staff is suggesting as well? So staff is suggesting that those two uses not be allowed. That's the recommendation from well, staff. I understood, okay. Um, and then, um, sorry, trying to work from the bottom up here. So the elevations and the plans that were currently presented, I mean, do they comply with, do they currently comply with the community design standards? I actually shut down the microphone <laughs> instead of uh, uh, turning it on. Um, no, not entirely. Again, there are uh, requirements, and, and I'll get into a specific one, or specific two requirements that I don't think we're seeing through these elevations that we do need to see. Uh, and that is, um, there is a requirement for projections every 50 feet for those facades that are greater than a certain distance. Um, those projections are both vertical and uh, on the horizontal wall plane as well. Um, they must go, they must project up and down two feet as you go across the facade, in and out four feet as you go across the facade. Uh, the city also has a requirement that uh, all developments, and this isn't, with, this isn't just in the um, uh, freeway overlay, this is all districts throughout for anything that's a non-residential use, that you have four-sided architecture. Four-sided architecture states that uh, you must have similar elements that are shown uh, so if you have awnings on the front, you must have awnings on the back. If you have uh, different types of brick banding on the front, you must have that on the back. If you have windows on the front, you must figure out a way to get windows in the, in the rear. It's something that we've, and, and that happens on all four sides. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that we've done and that the commission has heard throughout other developments as well. Correct. Uh, so those are the items that I, I'll touch on really quickly, but I'm sure there's others that maybe we need a little working on. But we just well. don't have enough information to really signify that today. What's that? We don't really have enough information to determine that today, if they meet community design standards or not. Uh, yes, we don't have that. Uh, those are, again, right, throughout any base zoning, those are all um, uh, reviews that occur on the staff level, which is what would occur on this one as well if, Correct. if those came through. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I do have a question for the developer. So where are you at on, on developing the plans and the, the whole site? Uh, you've, you've got a six, almost seven acre tract of land that you've shown us, just a simple site plan. Um, and then the additional three acres to the south of it. Where, are we, where do you stand with development of the, I'm gonna call it the community design standards and the elevations, the floor plans um, of, of these properties? Yeah, so I'll, I'll speak to, uh, I mean, r really just the site plan and renderings were what was required uh, 
after discussion with the city, I mean, we, we, we've, we've talked uh, openly about what the design standards will be. We understand uh, the overlay district that we're within and uh, the developers aware of that as well. So again, uh, we're the landowner, uh, John is with all trades. Uh, and so that um, CDs, you'll, you'll have to speak to that, uh, what, what process of that you're in. But as far as what was required today for the, for the PD, it was just renderings and site map, so. Okay. Uh, and then as far as the uh, additional three acres, um, that is, uh, the rendering that was shown was uh, in here as an example for what, uh, as far as 100%, you know, multi-story climate controlled, it's, it's, it's virtually an office building just with self-storage units inside. And so that was the intent was for us to uh, include that in this PD as a potential development for uh, the additional acreage that we own, um, assuming that the, that the city's concern with that use was that their inability to control the, the design element of, of that use. Uh, because within an LI zoning, you know, you'd be allowed by right to, to build many warehouses the way that you want. And our solution would be uh, to, to have, a, have an approval uh, step, so. And then from an all-trade standpoint, um, the site plan you guys have seen tonight is more preliminary, so, you know, something simple like the, um, the passive space going from 10% instead of five, like we show, uh, you know, we would update the site plan as far as the elevation goes. Um, you asked the question about it earlier, but as far as certain specific requirements, as far as, um, you know, articulation, 25 feet and things like that, those elevations you're seeing now don't fully comply with that, but we are willing to comply with uh, pretty much majority of the things that are required specifically on the architectural design of the building. Okay. Well, I mean, I and it sounds like there's some more development and things that could happen with that. Um, I just gotta ask the question, why the rush to get the rezoning done now? Because a portion of of the land is under contract to all trades. And so part of them being able to move forward with their uh, construction and uh, their construction documents and, the, and then the review with the city is hindering on basically the rezone and, and the city's solution to uh, getting in, in, in the city wants their development. I mean, we've, we've uh, walked through um, the incubator tenants, uh, where this conversation initially started with this piece of land is, you know, potentially being industrial uh, to where we've arrived to today with the PD language and, and the uses. Um, we've, we've been uh, in lockstep with, with the city uh, the entire way. So, uh, but, the, but the PD would need to be in place for, for them to move forward. Uh, with their with their design and then in the review with the city. Okay, I appreciate it. Um, that's, that's really all the questions I have. Just more comments. Um, it seems like from a development standpoint, you guys are wanting to uh, add in the mini storage portion uh, of an allowable use here. Uh, staff doesn't really necessarily recommend that. I personally wouldn't recommend that either because there's just not a lot of information regarding that mini storage. Um, 
we don't know if it meets community design standards. The 5% <coughs> green space or passive green space, um, again, that's just been a, become a city standard across the entire city. Why would we allow 5% on this project being a gateway into the, the city itself? So I've got some concerns on it, uh, but I'm definitely gonna pass it along to my uh, fellow commissioners for any questions or comments to that. Thank you, Commissioner Gilmore. I think you asked all the questions <laughs> that we have for tonight. Great job with your line of questions, though. Thank you very much. Um, and I do appreciate uh, the clarity in regards to where the city stands on the mini storage versus what the applicant is asking for, because that certainly was a concern for me as well in regards to that. I do want to ask the applicant, um, I mean, how, how, how much are you trying to push the issue of the mini storage? I mean, once you get the PD approved, I know that there's an opportunity there maybe for you to come back and discuss that in the site plan. I mean, how much of a part does that play in regards to your development of this land? Yeah, I think that would, the, the site plan for this uh, proposed, you know, uh, self-storage unit would be, that would be the opportunity for the city to say, yes, this is something that we want, no, it's not. But at this phase, it's still too early to, in, in our opinion, uh, as a blanket to shut down that use altogether. Um, and so we would, we would keep it in there. Uh, at that point, it would, it would be treated almost as if it were, um, almost as if it were an SUP, you know, that we would be coming to the city saying, hey, at, at this point we would have a, a, a site plan, we would have the exact renderings of the building, and we would say this is, this is what we're intending to build here, and the city would have the ability to say, yes, this is, this is what we want, or no, it's not, so. Yeah, looking at this piece of land, it's just, you know, with where it sits <clears throat> and how it's a gateway to the city, uh, and the position that the staff has in regards <clears throat> to the many warehouses as well as the commission, uh, that would certainly be something that would be somewhat of a concern for me as to how that looks moving forward. Um, of course, our job tonight that we know is to determine if this is the best use of the land that is there and this is the best decision to make in regards to this particular piece of property. Um, th there was some discussion about the setbacks. Um, has there been a determination on what you are actually planning on asking in regards to the setbacks? Uh, yes, sir. And correct me if I'm wrong, John, but uh, the... 287 setback uh, is a required 30. We were going to request 20 feet. 20? 20, yes, sir. Okay. Um, and then the um, uh, on the back side of the site, there's a pretty substantial amount of green space um, naturally, uh, almost 100 feet of, of, I don't know if it's technically creek area, but it's, it's wooded area. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's there's some thought that that is some a pretty sufficient screening for what this uh, requirement is is intended for and so we would request that it goes from 30 feet to 20 feet as well uh, from the setback standpoint. okay and then just one question for staff uh, in regards to the comments that were made for the recommendation staff are you saying that with those five recommendations you would support the project you would recommend approval Yes, anytime staff has um, clauses that we would like to have added to a PD, those are items that uh, would make it uh, amenable to the city. Okay, all right. Okay. 
Any other questions I had, Mr. Gilmore has already asked, so thank you all for your information. Commissioner Thompson, did you have any comments this evening? So I do have a question. With the five uh, recommendations, one of them was the mini warehouses with an approved plan. That was a staff recommendation? Yeah. Uh, yeah so, so, uh, so that we can have so these. I, right, this is, was prohibited heard the develop the use of the land but then uh, and I don't remember what slide it was but then it did say it could be allowable so I think this is what ca is causing the confusion is the beginning portion of the presentation is the facts okay. in the application that the development team is asking us to uh, rezone to right so when the development team is asking to uh, I'll allow a use within this PD with the following standards, right? So he's, the development team is stating, we would like to do mini warehouse with an approved site plan. We would like to do storage or sales warehouse with an approved site plan. Uh, that's the development team's application. That's how it comes into the city. Uh, when the staff looks at how, how would we recommend this go, we would recommend that those two uses be prohibited uh, not allowed with a site plan uh, on the list of prohibited uses within the, the site. If those two uses were gone, and as a matter of fact, when we heard this case uh, as a city-initiated rezoning, um, those were some of the concerns we had heard as well uh, on this site as those specific uses, right? Having ambiguity of uses and those specific uses, um, you know, maybe having some allowances in the future. And so those are, those are some of the reasons why staff you know, looks at these um, these types of uses and tries to figure out how we would recommend uh, this zoning case. We would recommend this zoning case moving forward if it did have a prohibition of those two uses. Again, that wasn't in the development team's uh, application. That's what staff's asking for. That's what all five of these items are, are items that staff is asking uh, that we make sure are included uh, if this case um, or, or this, this is our suggestion to the commission on how, how this would be an amenable uh, application. Okay, can you go back to the first slide again? Okay. So these don't bring up anything in regards to the um, setbacks, which were 30 feet were required, but the developer wants to reduce that to 20 feet? So um, what this does, if you look at provision number three, okay. right? Provision number three is stating that um, there be some sort of site plan approval that goes to the developer, right. sorry, to the director of planning. Um, and I apologize, commissioners. I'm, I'm not aware that there have been PD requirement asks to change those, those items because again, uh, th there are some, there's some reworking of this site plan that needs to occur. Uh, this site plan also doesn't, and, and if we're going just by what this site plan says, um, again, staff feels very comfortable if 
the requirements in the community design standards and the requirements within our landscape ordinance, that those requirements are adhered to because although the development team is talking about, you know, this wooded area, uh, just to let everybody know, there is a required uh, masonry wall, screening wall along those back fences that are shared with uh, properties. If that's going to be uh, something that is, is not done, uh, which I have no understanding from the development team that it's not going to be done. Uh, what I'm saying is uh, I felt that that was covered under the base ordinance. That's why I wasn't bringing it up during any of these discussions. So okay. I haven't had those discussions about uh, setback requirements either. Um, but those are all items that we could consider as they came in for a, a site plan approval uh, on the development team side. I think that they would have to um, we do this from time to time, that if there are some parking considerations that need to be done, uh, that as long as the parking is done in a logical way, uh, we figure out ways to make sure that there are other um, screening requirements or other things to, to help with those kinds of. So, I mean, there, there's always review that occurs on these. Um, I, again, um, I don't necessarily feel that the change in those uh, setbacks, though, is something that staff would recommend that the commission not approve either. Um, again, those are just very specific to a site plan that um, we're still reviewing. Okay. Mm, I think that's it. Okay. I have a few comments, okay. questions, and some remarks to make. Um, already this, this land right now is zoned as C2, correct? Correct. So refresh our memory. If we left it at C2, what could be built out there on it right now? Um, most general retail uses uh, could be done. Um, office type uses uh, could be done. Um, if you want me to get into some of the specifics, right? From those retail uses, you could have uh, eating establishments, you could have um, uh, retail shops in general, you could have convenience stores uh, without gas stations because those require SUPs. So um, from a commission standpoint, um, if you think of any of the auto-related uses, drive-throughs, all those kinds of things, still protected with SUPs, uh, but all of those uses are allowed uh, in C2. Um, doctor's office, um, hospital, schools, um, again, most of the uses that you see throughout the city are allowed within C2 that aren't of an industrial nature. So, yeah, I think to, to the root of my question here, if it stayed C2, you couldn't go put a warehouse on it. What's that? You can't go build a warehouse on a C2. Uh, you could do a, a sales warehouse with a um, SUP in C2. Okay. So, and yeah. th that's, that's the kind of fine line that I just want to make sure I paint with this, is that um, there are a lot of allowed uses. There are a lot of allowed uses with SUPs, specific use permits, uh, within the use table as well. Okay. Um, is it a possibility? Yes. <laughs> that's, I just wanted to, I needed a refresher on if, if C2 right now, what could I go build on it? You've answered that question. Um, as far as the obstacles for the three, and this may go to the applicant, this question, um, the three acres to the south, 
I know there's a petroleum pipeline there, but what, what kind of obstacles? If we can have a little bit of discussion on what has to be done with the other parties to see how we can use that land. I'd like to hear from the applicant on that. On their uh, behalf. Real okay. quick, uh, just to share a, a piece that I know, and then I'll let the applicant team um, describe that in a little bit more detail. Uh, it's my understanding that the property has a blanket easement on top of it. Uh, that easement could be identified and could be shown as the area where the pipeline is, um, but as it is older property, um, as you can see, th this may not line up. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm pointing. As you can see, the pipeline probably comes through in this location, right? Just looking at the tree line, looking at those kinds of things. Um, what this site has is a blanket easement, and it says this property has an easement on it. It doesn't say, it doesn't have meets and bounds or other kinds of things because this is just the way property decisions were made a long time ago. Um, so what they'll have to do is they'll have to define that. Uh, there are probably going to be um, some considerations. Uh, and again, this is me just making assumptions. I don't know how much of that area there the uh, easement holder would allow, right? Sometimes they allow zero flat work. Sometimes they allow you to cross. All those kinds of things are, are the details that staff is saying they'll have to work out. But I'll let the development team discuss those as well. Yeah, I'd like to hear from the, the applicant on this question. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, Joseph Cooper. Uh, sorry for not submitting my card before that. So thanks for the time. To your point, uh, Commissioner, Chairman, sorry. The southern portion of the site, as you can see, is obviously impacted by that pipeline. It creates kind of a funky little shape. And then the setbacks and everything else, it limits the usable area of the site. So our thought process was instead of you know, moving the pipeline or, you know, getting creative like that, let's go vertical on it with a use that can actually be utilized by, you know, citizens within the city. That was the reason for the mini warehouse idea is to do more or less, for lack of a better term, a public storage unit that's vertical in the air, 100% HVAC controlled and actually can be utilized. Otherwise, as you can tell by looking at it, the coverage there is pretty minimal for the actual land area itself. So that was the concept uh, that we came up with. Okay, I think that that helps. It certainly clarifies why you were why you're intending or trying right. to intend to go the warehouse direction because of the property. That's right, because you're not going to build a forty thousand foot, you know, front park rear load warehouse building, nothing like that, just because you can't do it. That pipeline in particular, you can cross over it with paving, mm -hmm. but you can't build on it. So there'll be you know one maybe two positions where a vehicle can, you know move across it but overall that area is more or less dead land you're correct because this pipeline runs through my neighborhood what's that this pipeline runs through my neighborhood so okay yeah there you go <laughs> and we have a big green space where it's located so. exactly so now to that point I mean we would ask that that area be considered kind of passive because it, it won't be utilized by a developer won't be utilized for parking it will be a green area which could be utilized for benches, tables, patio, picnic area, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I, that answers, that's really all the questions I had. I think Commissioner Gilmore covered quite a bit and, and the others. Um, yeah, and I, if I, 
permission to speak again. Go ahead. Uh, to Commissioner Gilmore's point, I mean, the idea here is to put together kind of a base layer zoning that we can then take and work off of. Versus right now, it's kind of up in the air, what's allowed, what's not allowed, how do we, how do we design around that, how do we engineer around that. The idea for this is that we can have a concrete plan in place, here's what's allowed, here's, not, here's what's not allowed, and then we can go develop a plan, put it in action from there. The timing worked out well with all trades, where they came to us. Obviously, we were going through this process the first time around, and so we thought, hey, that, that works really well based on what the city would like to see here. And so that's how this plan, you know, came to be. Yeah, I, I applaud you guys for what you've done here. I do. Um, but I struggle with a few things. I'll, I echo the concerns about using any land over there for, for mini storage. And I'll tell you why. When I drive home down 287, the gateway that I get in Mansfield right now is a public storage building on the, on the other side of the freeway. Sure, sure. So I'm not really a fan of having twin towers of public storage buildings on both sides of 287 coming into Mansfield. I don't think the, the statement that's made in here of the future development of sites should leverage and optimize its location in order to achieve Mansfield's vision of a vibrant, sustainable, prosperous future. I don't see public storage in that statement when I read it. Um, so I, I struggle with uh, the request to, to utilize that. I have a better understanding of why you want to use it after this explanation, yeah. uh, but I do struggle with it. I'm not a fan of changing any of the, of the, the standards in the PD, the city's PD, like the 10% the or the setback requirement. I'm not a fan of either one of those. I like to, there's a reason why they're there. We'd like to stick with them. Um, but, you know, I, I really struggle in knowing what C2 is and what it could be. Granted, I understand the limited access along the frontage road and why it is not restaurants and retail there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also have a very good example of what could happen to that property. And it's just south of there near Walnut Creek on the southbound frontage road south of Walmart. There is a nice office complex development that has turned out rather well over there that this commission saw and reviewed and thought it was a good idea. Sure. Um, and I believe that site also had limitations to it, mainly because it's right next to a floodplain, right? So to put all that together for me, you know, I think that is a great example of what this, pro this property could be. Um, and I would not want to see mini storage on it for sure. Sure, so, not to your point, I frankly don't disagree with you as far as what this site can be. And that's the, this plan that you see here as far as incubator space, we feel like accomplishes the best of both worlds. Where it's, you know, from the road it looks great. It's two story, lots of glass, different design elements, conform to everything that's required. Uh, but it also allows businesses that frankly right now aren't gonna fit into the new industrial developments. They're too small for those new developments, uh, but they need some sort of warehousing component to them, you know, whatever their end, end use may be. And so this, this plan offers them, and this All Trades plan in particular offers them a, a you know, home in Mansfield without having to go to Frisco, Plano, Louisville, et cetera, uh, where, similar, where the exact same project has been Right, 
And so, you know, it would have that, and, and that's the best of both worlds kind of statement is it's going to have at least, you know, 20%, at least 20% office from the jump, no matter what. Uh, after that, it's warehouse. Of course, that warehouse can be, you know, eaten into, added more office on top of that. But ultimately, we don't know who the end user is going to be. And so we don't want to commit to, you know, 80-20 office to warehouse if we just don't know who they are, what they need, et cetera. And so this is to act as a guide to get us to that, to that point. Yeah, thank you. I've just got a general comment in, in the fact that um, you know, usually when we see this many recommendations on a zoning case from staff uh, and, and, you know, in my opinion, lack of information kind of from the development and the, and the development plans, I personally only see really two options. Um, one is to possibly table to gather more information um, or in, in my opinion is to, because if you're requesting that we actually add in the um, mini storage um, and staff is specifically denying or, or um, recommending that we do not, we would have to, I, I would vote to deny that. So I guess my question and comment is, is there an option to table it to gather that more information um, or is we really trying to push this thing through? No, I think we can we can revisit this table it, push it two weeks, talk internally, figure that stuff out. What we're and what we would ask of kind of everyone is kind of some direction. Obviously, this is our second go at this. Uh, first go was you know city initiated. Um, you know they believed kind of what we believe in this area as far as truck traffic and use of the site and how do we generate business through this piece of land which is sitting there raw right now and what makes the most sense. Um, so some of these items. We're covered the first go around and then we're revisiting them now. So I, I think that's fine as far as tabling it, unless you guys would disagree. We can revisit that stuff and but we would ask for some kind of direction, if you will, as to what what are you know, what do we need to provide to give you all not to, for, not for a decision, but for you know more clarity and answer your questions. Uh, I mean I think the five overarching comments that city staff has put on this as recommendations is a good start. There's just a lack of information on here. Um, you spoke about the 5%, you know, that's where you're really what you're laying this out and development wise. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That was my first inclination is just that pipeline easement alone, you could get to 10% on the whole property. So let's, let's potentially, I would love to see that as an opportunity here. The, the, there's been a lot of discussion over the setbacks and there's, you know, you guys would request some setbacks. Well, staff didn't even know that there was setback requests happening. So again, I just think that there's a lot of key elements that there's this plan needs some further development from you guys, in my opinion. Um, but I, I don't know if staff would recommend tabling it or not either. So <laughs> sure. in the air on it. But. If you don't mind on the setbacks point, Sorry, on the setbacks point, the um, the thought on the rear setback, farthest away from 287, is there is that natural 100 foot gap between property line to property line, with the trees there. Of course, there would be a you know 
more or less a retaining wall as well that'll shield this property from the residential properties behind it. So our thought was between the, the wall and the natural uh, you know, tree line and everything that's there, the wooded tree line, uh, that that 10 foot difference or that buffer zone that we're asking for would not be a material impact to the, the residential property owner behind us. That's the thought behind it. So I can't speak to the west property owners. Sure. The property owner to the south is the city of Mansfield. Uh, so I'm talking about the west. Yeah. 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 But uh, I mean, to the same degree, I think you'll you're probably in good shape with the wooded area on the south side of the property. Just bring that up because that's hog pen branch in that area. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then another thing uh, I'd like to add about is the the warehouse. Uh, the storage warehouse and sales warehouse. The reason that we asked for that to be put back in and allowed is because, or I'm sorry, put in and allowed is because how do we differentiate between, you know, a warehouse or a room full of inventory? And how does that use, how do we, how do we put that in writing so it's not ambiguous to everybody and we at least have a, a you know, something in writing that we can go off of. So that was what we were trying to accomplish there. The definition that we received for storage warehouse would be really anything that has inventory inside of it. And so that's why we requested for that to be put back in. If there's a different definition. Let me just ask the applicant a question before you go there, Jason. So for the applicant, if the many warehouses, storage sales warehouses are prohibited, if they are prohibited, does that kill your project? So those are two different things, right? Uh, as far as the storage and sales warehouse, that very well may because Ultimately, if we can't have any warehousing, it's going to be tough to, you know, put any tenants in these buildings if they have any sort of warehousing component. And mm -hmm. so that's what we were trying to solve for. With respect to the mini warehouses, that's a separate kind of piece altogether to the overall project. Uh, so I won't say it will kill it, but, it, you know, we'll have to talk about it and figure stuff out. But the city does recommend that the storage and sales warehouses be prohibited. They did recommend that that's yes. prohibited. So, so my question for you is that if that is the case, then it could kill your project. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. So to clarify a few things for the Planning and Zoning Commission, the recommendation or the motion is certainly at the discretion of the Planning and Zoning Commission. If that is to table or if that is to go down a different path, that again is at your absolute and sole discretion. In terms of some of the uses that we've discussed this evening, the way that staff is perceiving some of the uses that deal with some warehousing with the office is understanding that that is part of that operation, that the intent, the purpose of that use is not for distribution and warehousing. That is a major concern that we have within this area as that use has not been identified as one in existing development patterns. That probably would be far more appropriate in other areas of the city where industrial distribution and warehousing uses are prevalent and are existing. So here, again, the way we're looking at it is that the use is office. It is part of that. As a matter of fact, I think the best way to kind of describe what it is that the applicant is looking at in terms of uses, even as a business incubator, is that you see some facilities that house a variety of different businesses that range from accountants all the way up to 
some landscaping companies where they're officing from that location, they're storing their materials in that location, but you don't see it on the outside, you don't see them distributing or doing anything similar to that. So that's kind of how we're looking at it from that angle. So I think to the things that have been discussed this evening, it is a gateway and staff is real keen on that and that the development of this property, it needs to reflect the stature of its location along US 287 as that front door into Mansfield. Just add one more thing. So, um, the all trades development that is 50 50. I mean, that is their business plan. It's 50% office, it's 50% with, with, the, with the garage door, so, um, or the warehousing element. So, I, it sounds like the city is on the same page about that development specifically. The, the sales and storage warehouse use is really what we're trying to protect for the remaining acreage. And the underlying light industrial zoning with prohibited uses, um, and I believe, based on our conversations with the city, that, that it's, it's truck traffic that is the main concern. And when they see that, they see distribution, like I said. And so our solution was, if there is a way for the city to be able to say, no, that, that, that actually had, at, at the site plan, that has too much truck traffic, we can't we can't allow for that, it, you know, in the, in, at, at that phase of the of the process. That would be that would be preferred by us. You know, we still want the city to have the ability to say there's too much truck truck traffic for what you're trying to do there, or uh, but but not take away um, the warehousing element that that you know light industrial would uh, warrant. So. Um, understanding that that you know there's an office component to, to any structure that's going to go there as well so I just want to further clarify that um. <clears throat> I'm going to make a recommendation. Uh, I, I just I feel like, and I stated it before, that uh, the, the list of recommendations from staff on this project and the uh, lack of information that we have, um, I would make a recommendation on zoning case 23-001 that we table this uh, until the next regularly scheduled meeting, which I believe will be first week first week in February. Okay. Just to clarify, so the date is February 6th. February 6th? That's correct. Just want to clarify your motion. Your motion is to table. My motion is to table until the February 6th regular meeting. I'll second the motion. All right, we have a motion to table by uh, Commissioner Gilmore and a second by Vice Chairman Maynard. 
So we will go to a vote. And the motion carries unanimously. That's all the public hearings for this evening, so we'll move on to the next item of business, Summary of City Council Actions. Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Mr. Chair. The City Council met about a week ago, and there were two items that came before the City Council at their last meeting. The first item dealt with donation boxes and having some amendments come before them their action on that item was tabled until next Monday, which is January 23rd. The modifications that were requested to the South Point PD, which did not have to come before the Planning and Zoning Commission, due to how the PD, Plan Development District language, is structured, was withdrawn by the applicant as well at the last city council meeting. So I'll pause there to answer any questions the Planning and Zoning Commission may have. Can you elaborate on the tabling of the donation box? Yes, there were a few items that we needed to address in there from a legal standpoint. We believe that we have those items addressed and that, again, it will go before the city council on January 23rd. Why was the, um, sorry, I, I caught bits and pieces of it, the PD uh, for the shops at Broad, you said? No, this was a PD for South Point. Oh, okay, I apologize, sorry. Thank you, Mr. Alexander. Um, next item of business is commission announcements. So I'll start to my right this evening, Commissioner Thompson. Um, go Cowboys. And uh, I will have uh, another official teenager in my house tomorrow. Teenager. Oh. Uh, thanks. <laughs> no comments for me. Y'all are uh, smooth sailors tonight. Uh, the only comment I have is um, the um, I was almost late to the meeting tonight because of a traffic accident on 917. Ooh. So um, I learned a lot about back roads in Mansfield trying to get here. And I also learned that several of them seem to be under construction right now, <laughs> which is always a good thing because progress is progress, right? All right, next item is staff announcements. Just three items for the Planning and Zoning Commission. The first one is that we have started kicking off the future land use update. Pardon me, the future land use plan update. So we are looking at Friesen Nichols coming in and hosting a workshop with the Planning and Zoning Commission tentatively on February 20th, and that is the night of a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting. So please mark your calendars with that. We'll have more details to come out on that very soon. The next one is that 
There will be a joint session with the city council in April, and I believe that's April 10th. I cannot recall the top of my head, but I do know it's in April. We'll have more details on that as well. Please be reminded that the city council does want to meet with all boards and commissions quarterly. So want that to be on your agenda. And finally, with regards to March, I know we're still hearing from you all on that, but right now this may be looking like there probably will only be one meeting in March. And due to spring break, the city council has flip-flopped with the planning and zoning commission and other boards and commissions. So I believe their meetings will be on March 6th and March 20th. So just want to bring that to your attention. just wanted to remind council that next meeting on the 6th is tentatively also the SEAC meeting. So please make sure that everybody remembers that we'll be meeting with the SEAC board, which for our new members is Community Capital Improvements Committee. So we'll have them and then the PNC will take place immediately behind it. All right, thank you, staff. Next item is adjournment of meeting. Make a motion, we adjourn. Second. Got a motion by Commissioner Gilmer and a second by Commissioner Thompson. Let's do this thing. And we're done.